podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Daily Red, your lunchtime catch-up on all things Liverpool FC on a Thursday on which not a whole lot is happening because it is an international break. But we do have a couple of things to talk about. So number one, yesterday when talking about the best left-footed players to play for Liverpool, I made a terrible oversight for which I would like to apologise. Daniel Agger is absolutely one of the 10 best left-footed players we've ever had. Uh, thank you to Guy for pointing that out to me after we finished. And apologize, apologies to Mr. Agger, who is my second favourite Liverpool centre-back of all time from when I started watching. And I don't really remember Hansen all that well. Agger was incredible, and Agger deserves his respect. So Agger is absolutely in that top 10. The other thing that came out after I finished recording this yesterday was a report in The Guardian, written by David Kahn. UEFA's statement apparently blaming Liverpool supporters for causing the delay to the start of the Champions League final in Paris was prepared a considerable time before the day of the match, The Guardian has learned. The statement, put up on a big screen, at the Stade de France, announced that a delay to the scheduled 9pm kickoff of the final between Liverpool and Real Madrid had been caused by late arrival of fans. The statement incensed Liverpool supporters, thousands of whom were still stuck in chaotic queues outside the stadium, despite having arrived three or more hours before 9pm. Approximately 15,000 Liverpool supporters had been held up in a dangerous bottleneck queue at a perimeter ticket checkpoint, then denied access to the stadium at turnstiles closed by stewards and police. As shown on the Guardian's visual investigation, Paris police had directed Liverpool supporters to a ticket checkpoint using an alternative route that had been a known hazard since 2016, which involved thousands of people being funneled through a narrow subway under the A1 motorway. A risk of crushing developed in the queue there and at turnstiles that were closed for long periods. Many Liverpool supporters who had paid up to £600 to UEFA for tickets also suffered brutal rioting policing, including pepper spray and tear gas and attacks by local French men. The statement blaming late arrival of fans was decided on in the planning stages of the match as the one likely to be used in the event of kickoff having to be delayed, the Guardian understands. At the end of the match, UEFA made a second statement, blaming thousands of fans at the Liverpool end with fake tickets for the kickoff delay. 
For many Liverpool supporters, the dangers suffered at the match and UEFA's two statements blaming them were traumatic echoes of the 1989 Hillsborough disaster. There, 97 supporters were unlawfully killed in a crush due to South Yorkshire police gross negligence, but the force made a false case to blame late, ticketless supporters for causing the disaster. Ian Byrne, a Liverpool MP and supporter who was at the match, said, I find it shocking and horrifying to hear that UEFA, the Confederation of Europe's National Football Associations, including the English FA, had a pre-prepared statement blaming supporters as a standard explanation for a kickoff delay. To do it to Liverpool supporters after everything we've been through is appalling. We need full answers as to how all these decisions were made. Steve Rotherham, the mayor of Liverpool City Region, has called for UEFA's own independent review of the near disaster at the Stade de France to include a full investigation of the decision to initially delay the kickoff by only 15 minutes. He said that the UEFA president, Alexander Seferin, appeared to take the decision in the stadium's VIP area after conversations with UEFA officials and a contingent from each club. Rotherham was in the VIP area and witnessed the crisis discussions, having been robbed of his mobile phone and wallet outside the subway, then being escorted to safety by a French police officer. Uh, this is This is absolutely disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Now, we know already that Liverpool fans were in no way to blame for what took place. But we know that this isn't the first time attempts have been made to blame Liverpool fans for events like this. Now, taking out, obviously, the horrendous incident that is Hillsborough, we don't have to go back that far. We can go back to 07 in Athens, where Liverpool fans were blamed for turning up without tickets and trying to bunk into the stadium. And as anyone who was there will recall, the policing, the organisation of that final was a disgrace. And the same thing has happened again in Paris 15 years later. And once again... The finger has been pointed at Liverpool. And it really needs to stop. It really does need to stop. But this is this is an outrage. An absolute outrage that this was done in advance. People should be named and shamed for this. And people should lose their jobs over this. Absolutely outrageous behaviour by UEFA. And then the attempted cover-up by the French, for which the two ministers who repeatedly lied openly about Liverpool fans are still in office, still haven't apologised properly, still haven't been held accountable for what they came out and said or or their parts in the cover-up. It's an absolute outrage. It genuinely is. And everything UEFA do is is generally it's done to protect their name, their brand, and to line their own pockets. 
but they're the ones who failed to properly organize the European Cup final. And I know they came out with their excuses. Oh, well, it was originally meant to be held in St. Petersburg and yada, yada, yada. The Stade de France has been used repeatedly for major sporting events. And there's been problems with it. There was problems for multiple rugby games, which don't attract the same type of crowd. So it's clearly not a fans issue. It's not football fans or Liverpool fans because rugby fans had the exact same problem going there. It's been the same for international football matches. That stadium is problematic because of where it's located. And UEFA should have known this. There was no reason the final had to be played in Paris. There was plenty of other opportunities to move the game elsewhere to stadiums where it would have been easier to manage things. But this is what they did and they don't want to take any blame for it. Uh, We'll move on. This is Anfield have a couple of fun pieces up. This one by Jack Sear. The top 10 playmakers from Alonso to Dogleash. Uh, Alonso being in it is already giving me question marks. Uh, hopefully this is better than the attempted left-footed list. So Steve McManaman in 10th should be much higher. Uh, Trent in 9th should be higher. Coutinho in 8th. Ian Callaghan in seventh. I'm not sure Ian Callaghan would describe himself as a playmaker, let alone anyone else would describe him as a playmaker. A hard-working end-line-to-end-line wide player, decent crosser of the ball, but not a playmaker. Uh, Graham Souness in sixth. Incredible player, but not known necessarily for his playmaking. A very good passer, but passing and playmaking are different things. Uh, John Barnes in fifth. Xabi Alonso in fourth is a nonsense. Tremendous player. But again, not necessarily a playmaker. Jan Mulby in third. Stephen Gerrard in second. And Kenny Dalglish in first. No Kevin Keegan. No Billy Little. I mean, McManaman being that low is an absolute outrage. It really is. McManaman was probably the best creative midfielder in the league for a couple of seasons. He was probably the best player in the league for a couple of seasons in the 90s. A flying winger who had everything you'd want in an an attacking player. Well, Number one, he wasn't a flying winger. He was a tricky winger who became a number 10 and played as in a, in a free role for us behind strikers. But he wasn't a flying winger. Ryan Giggs would be a flying winger. Gareth Bale was a flying winger. Flying winger means you've got lightning pace. McManaman was quick, but he didn't have lightning pace. But Ian Callaghan, 
legend without question, and it's unlikely anyone will touch his appearance record for the club, but not as a playmaker. And Xabi Alonso being fourth is, is an absolute scandal. Um, again, like Sunes, an incredible playmaker. But if we're going to put them in based on passing, well, Sunes is a better player than Alonso. So Sunes should be higher. Neither of them, neither of them were the type who really unlocked defenses all that often. Counterattacks, they they would play defense splitting balls in transition. But they were more fulcrums of teams. Alonso was more of a metronome. Great passing range without question, but not a playmaker. Or not what I would class a playmaker. McManaman should be top top three or four. Barnes should be higher than fifth. Uh, Beardsley should be on this list. Peter Beardsley is one of the great playmakers we ever had. It's a very poor list. Uh, Liverpool's 10 longest serving players from Gerrard to Callaghan. Also by Jack Sear. Uh, Billy Little, 14 years and 239 days is number 10. Um, well, this is just so far from correct. It's it's actually it's quite painful. Um, Billy Little joined the club in nineteen thirty eight and left in nineteen sixty one. That's twenty three years. Now, him not making his first team debut till he was 16, or sorry, till he was in his 20s because of the war, doesn't take away from the fact that he joined the club in 1938. And he would have played in the war, the, the friendlies during the war. His first game for Liverpool actually came in 1940, not in 19... What does this fellow have him down? Not in 1946. Again, Tommy Smith, 14 years and 352 days. If you're going to do this, do it properly. Tommy Smith joined the club in 1960 and left in 1978. He was at the club for 18 years. Jamie Carragher. I mean, do this properly or don't do it at all. Jamie Carragher, 16 years and 131 days. Again, that's not right. Jamie Carragher joined the club in 1988 and left the club in 2013 he was at the club for 25 years jack balmer stephen gerrard again 16 years no wrong he was at the club longer let's do this properly let's give them credit for their entire service to the club and in gerrard's case it's 1989 to 2015 that's 26 years Phil Taylor, Ian Callaghan, uh, Donald McKinley, and Elijah Scott gets top billing. Um, no, I, I just, I'm not having this at all. I'm not having this at all at all. Um, Elijah Scott joined the club in 1912, left in 1915, came back in 1919 and then obviously stayed for 15 years but 
give them credit for their entire tenure at the club. Awful. Um, what else do we have? Arthur appoints extra fitness staff in a bid to prove himself at Liverpool. Um, I saw this and I saw some differing reactions to it. So he has hired off his own back a physiotherapist, a nutritionist, and a fitness coach. He's paying for these people to be on Merseyside with him. He's paying for their wages, their accommodation, the living costs, etc., etc. And I saw some people question this, and I, I just I don't understand why anyone would want to make a negative about this. This is a guy putting in all the work to get himself in the best possible shape to play for the club. The reason he needs to do this is because Max Allegri basically banished him from the first team in the summer, wouldn't allow him to take part in preseason, and had him training by himself. So I don't know how this could be seen as any sort of negative. Liverpool attempted £9,000 deal to sign Jude Bellingham back in 2012. This type of stuff. It's going to be great fun when he goes to Real Madrid next summer and we get all the excuses as to how the price just got too much. Liverpool Highline must get more extreme as long-awaited Jurgen Klopp change is not working. I can't even be bothered. Liverpool have handled 17 million Trent Alexander-Arnold transfer dilemma and could soon make millions. Trent Alexander-Arnold poses Liverpool something of a dilemma. But they found an answer in the transfer market and could soon repeat a £17 million trick. Oh, I assume this is about Connor Bradley and Nico Williams. It is. So basically, Trent is so young that young players coming through the academy are not going to make the grade at the first team level because they're not going to be as good as Trent. So we can loan them out, build a, build a value and then sell them on like we did with Nico. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe. It depends. Like, we don't know how good they're going to be. Just because they come through Liverpool's academy doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be uh, world-class players or anything like that. Liverpool know Jude Bellingham plan B. That's transfer twist. Oh, we'll test FSG resolve. Yeah. Get ready for the plan Bs. Uh, but look, the plan B is often better than plan A. Sadio Mane was not plan A. Mo Salah was not plan A. The plan Bs tend to work out. Personally, I'd rather spend 130 million and get, let's say, Enzo Fernandez and Manuel Ugarth from Sporting. Get those two for 130 million. You might even get Enzo and Moises Casado. For that or a little bit more. I'd rather do that than spunk it all on Bellingham personally. Jurgen Klopp should soon receive big World Cup boost as World Cup decision looks certain. I'm guessing this is the Thiago not being included in the Spanish squad stuff, which is just, it's incredible to me that Louis Enrique is that stupid. Um, Liverpool made a huge 5.4 million Luis Suarez transfer mistake 
as Ferenc Pushka's record could soon fall. Liverpool had to accept losing Suarez in 2014, but another transfer decision was avoidable and a Ferenc Puskas record shows how wrong the club got it. What is this? Well, the mistakes made that summer were, you know, signing Lalana, Lovren, Markovic, Lambert. I mean, that was where the issues were. Um, and Mario, of course. Oh, the player here is Iago Aspas. Because we let him go out on loan. It's not that he's going to break Ferenc Puskas' record. He's just, he's getting close to passing him in the uh, all-time top scorer list in Spain. Look, just because he's done it in Spain doesn't mean it would have worked at Liverpool. In the same way that, you know, Timo Werner flopping at Chelsea doesn't mean he wouldn't have been a success at Liverpool. Different things happen at different clubs. Uh, Media Digest. No Liverpool proposal for Gomes. This is João Gomes, the young Brazilian midfielder of Flamengo, who Liverpool have been linked with. Um, Roberto Firmino. Roberto Firmino's ultimate five-side team may look like a classic break from the Liverpool oh, break fair from the Liverpool media team, but it may just be a hint where the Ford sees his future. Yeah, he kind of picked himself in midfield, didn't he? Oh, he didn't pick himself in midfield, excuse me. He picked Allison. Virgil, Fabinho, Coutinho, and Salah. That's a fair effort. But I think most players with any sense of awareness, self-awareness, just wouldn't pick themselves. Uh, unless they were told specifically to put themselves in the team. Anfieldindex.com. We've got lots of new podcasts up. There is Scouted. We did World Cups Group A and B. We'll do C and D today. Uh, they're just taking longer because there's actually more to talk about than you would think. Even with teams like Qatar, we don't necessarily know about any of the players. Um, there's a new rate, Don't Hate. Guy, Stephen Smith and Dave Comerford gave their ratings on the players' season so far. So I'm sure there's um, I'm sure there's a couple of fairly low marks in there for one or two. So give that one a listen. There's new Scouts of Tommies as well. Uh, the the next Scout, it'll probably be out tomorrow. We'll record it today, but it'll probably be out tomorrow. We'll record another one in the next couple of days. And it'll be E and F, and then we'll do G and H, and we'll have them all out by the end of this international break. So that's it. That's me for today. Thanks a million. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. 
Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.